0: I'd like to welcome everyone today. If you're guests with us, I see several guests with us. We're so glad you're here today, fellowshiping with us, and pray for me. I've been studying very, very intently the last few weeks, looking from Genesis to Revelation, trying to find out if you have to wear a tie to get to heaven. I am, at least in the summer months. Praise God! I feel like I'm being hung every week. Yeah. Woo! So at least for those of you that I have a tie on, I don't guarantee I will keep it on, but I do have one on. Praise God! If you would turn with me, Luke chapter fourteen, Luke chapter fourteen and verse number twenty-five, Luke fourteen and twenty-five. And there went a great multitude with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my, be my disciple. Let me just stop there for a second. The, the word hate there is not meaning that Jesus is asking you to hate your family. That word hate means love more. He's saying is, if you love your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brother, your sister, or even your own life, you can't be my disciple. He's asking, if you're going to follow me, I've got to be number one. I can't be down on the list. I can't be one of many. I've got to be number one. Verse 27, and whosoever doth not bear his cross come after me and cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he had laid the foundation, is not able to finish it. All that behold, it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. God bless you. Thank you for standing. There are many different uh, metaphors, illustrations that Jesus uses. Even the writers of the God, the uh, New Testament read, uh, if you read through them, different metaphors that are used, examples that are used to try to bring our natural world into a spiritual context to help under- explain. For instance, Paul. Uh, many times uses sports references to explain certain things. He talks about running a race, running to win. And, and, uh, there's also a portion Paul likened the body of Christ to our human body. A lot of times God uses the human body to explain spiritual things. And, and, and Jesus often used, uh, parables of farming because the majority of those that he was speaking to that day were in the agricultural business, and so a lot of times he would use illustrations based around sowing and farming and, and things that they were familiar to, but one of the things that was used many times was the idea or the analogy of building. I even talked about it last week, and I'm not here to re-preach what I preached last week, but last week we talked about the parable that Jesus spoke of, the two men that built a house, one that built a house upon the rock, and the other that built a house upon the sand, and talked about the fact that when you looked at those houses, you could not tell the difference in those houses by just glancing at them. But when storms and wind and flood and rain came, that the house that was built upon the rock was able to withstand the the turmoil and that what was built upon the sand was not able to stand. So many times. And so Jesus here in Luke chapter 14 is once again discussing the idea or the... The, 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 the thought of this Christian life, I said this before, is that if, if, if God was just concerned about your salvation, then he would have killed you when you got saved. Or if you're here today and you've never experienced salvation, biblical salvation, repentance and infilling of the Holy Ghost and and being baptized in the name of Jesus. We don't do those things so that we're simply doing those things to be saved, because when you do those things as the scripture has said for us to do, God doesn't just take you there. I'll be honest with you, I've said it jokingly, half joking, half serious. For a lot of us, including me, it would have been better if that would have happened. Because the longer I'm here, the more chances I have to mess it up. I know a few of you are spiritual, and the more you are here, the more you get your halo decorated and your wings blinged out. But for the rest of us, we struggle. And so he he speaks of this idea that, that when you sit down to start something, make sure you're not starting something without the intent to finish what you've started. Paul said to the Galatians, in chapter 3 of Galatians, Paul said this, Are you so foolish that beginning something in the spirit, you can end it in the flesh? Because a lot of us intend to start things, but very few of us ever intend or ever have the ability or the fortitude or the discipline to follow through with what we start. January 1 comes, all of us start with the idea to change something about our life. We're going to love more, read more, laugh more, enjoy life more, work out more, eat better, whatever it is. And usually in the beginning of that, we start and we understand and we get excited and we think this is going to be great. But by February March, those dreams have gone out the window. And you have these people that, that come... We, we all come to God. I say all of us. I, I'll say 99% because there's always an exception. But 99% of us come to God or you're here today because you have a need in your life. Maybe it's not some big need. Maybe Maybe your life's not falling apart. But at the core, we all have a need for God because at the core, we're all empty. Most people take a while to acknowledge that they're empty. Some of you didn't realize how empty you were until you found Jesus and you realized how empty your life was before him. But at the core of all of this is we all come to Jesus because we have a need. If that need is simply the fact is I am lost and I need to be saved. I may not come to Him. There are some people in this room, you came to Jesus with a broken marriage, He healed it. Some of you came to Jesus with broken hearts, He healed it. Some of you came with lives that were shattered because of things you were involved in. And you came searching for an answer and you found it. But all of us, no matter if our life was perfect or our life was shattered, we all came to God because we had a need. But finding Him is only the start. Because ultimately, from that start, we have to we have to live this life. And we live in a society, and I might to say this to be I'm not I'm trying to make a political statement. So please, I know I let's not Dismiss the elephant in the room. Right now, our world is politically charged, and I'm not trying to jump in the political bandwagon. But we're in, the, we're in a society, a world, where no one takes responsibility for their own actions. Nobody. Our world has become conditioned that your actions are the result of somebody else's problem. Nobody takes responsibility for their own action. It's because of this, or because of the way I've arranged, or because of my parents, or because of my environment, because of this, because of that. And so everybody has passed the blame of their actions onto somebody else. But the Bible says something very sobering in the book of Romans. Very sobering to think about in the context. I've come here today. to to depress you, but I've come today to challenge someone today because the book of Romans says this, and I'm reading out of the New Leaven Translation. Remember, each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. Yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. There is no action that I do that goes goes unnoticed by God. I know it might get heavy in here today, but it's got to get heavy because somebody needs help. There's nothing I do today that goes unnoticed by God. Now, let's talk about the positive before we go back for a minute. He understands my framework. He understands my frailty. He understands this stuff right here. This just, just, ugh. This stuff. This flesh that I have to contain. He said we put this treasure, this great treasure, the treasure of the Spirit of God that is given to us, he puts, us, put it, puts it in this earthen vessel, this flawed, marred vessel. And you know what? You can't pray enough you can't fast enough, you can't read your Bible enough to get rid of this stuff. You can kill it to a degree, but the moment you stop, the moment it's strong stuff. But that's why he went to the cross. Because he didn't go to the cross simply for your salvation of the moment of redemption where you come to him and you realize, oh Lord, I made mistakes, forgive me, he forgives you, and then that's it. The Bible says in John, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you all sins. And that, and that John was not the gospel of John, but the epistle of John. And the epistle of John was not written to the unbeliever, but written to the believer. So the believer has to understand I still have stuff I do every day that I need to confess and say Lord by your grace forgive me and let your blood wash over me. I don't have to go back and get re-baptized. You get baptized once, you get the blood of Jesus called, you get the name of Jesus called over you, you get the blood applied to you in baptism. You don't have to get baptized every day. Trust me, if I had to get baptized every day, I would be a prune because I've got so much stuff. Every day I'm repenting over, I would just lay in the baptism. I'm good, just laying right here, I'm good. What are you doing? I'm just hanging out because, this, because the moment I get out, I'm going to get right back in, I'm good. So he, he built this, he understands your humanity. I'm not excusing your humanity, but God understands your humanity. It doesn't give you the, so, you know, it's it, the term that's used sometimes in, 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 in Christian circles is a license to sin. I'm not saying you got a license to do what you want to do. You know, I'm going to go out and just do it and and go crazy and God will forgive me. I'm not exactly saying that's how it is, so. You can roll the dice if you'd like. I'm not, that's not what what the Bible says. But he understands, it doesn't matter how, how much I desire to do right, I'm going to end up messing up somewhere along the way. I've said this often. I would love one time to do an experiment. You put somebody in a Closed room, no doors, no windows, only a metal chair, no outside influences, and sit them in there by themselves for a two weeks, I guarantee you they'll sin. Why? Because it's human nature. It's not just because, well, you know, if I had a better husband, a better wife, better parents, better children, better job, I wouldn't be this. No, 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 no. You have got to take responsibility for your own actions. And the Bible says to us, which is a very sobering thought today, is that you are going to have to stand before God and give an account for your life. Woo! You're talking about being called to the principal's office. The most dreaded words I grow, growing up, the most dreaded words that were ever spoken over my life was, son, we need to talk. The moment I heard those words... I knew we weren't going to be talking about the Orioles. We weren't going to be talking about... I knew what that meant. It may say, wasn't, son, we need to talk. It's, son, I need to talk and you need to listen. And I knew, son, we need to talk. More than likely, it was going to be a correcting session. And I remember as a kid, when I heard those words, I ended up having to go to the dermatologist because I'd break out in hives. I mean, I just, it would just hit me because I knew this is not good. But I can't imagine what it's going to be like to stand before God Almighty and all of your insulation stripped away. All of your excuses stripped away. All of the things you've surrounded your life in that you've used as a buffer stripped away. And you're now standing there exposed in front of God himself. And he is going to ask you to give an account for your life. If he stood here today and I ask you to give an account for your life, to give an account for your actions, I would guarantee you half of you would not tell me the truth. That doesn't offend me. It's the fact. It's built in us. I got a four-year-old. Noah, did you do that? No. Noah, did you do this? Uh uh-uh, I didn't do that. I promise I didn't do that. Noah, I watched you do that. You didn't know I was watching you. Did you do that cuz I could see you doing it? And you and I I you played you walked in, you did it. You did this, you did this, this, this and he realizes, oops. He's got me. Okay, yeah, I did that. Because you stand before God and you say, give your account for your life. You say, well, you know, Lord, it was, I had a, I, it was tough. My life was tough. You know, I had to work a job and I had bills to pay. And Lord, you know, I needed vacations and my kids needed this. And I had a husband that drove me crazy. My wife was out of her mind. And my parents were just, were this bad people. And my my boss was a jerk and all this. And And Lord, you know, You know, cut me some slack. And he goes, here's where you were. Here's what you were doing. Here's what what you were thinking. And all of a sudden you realize, ooh, he's got me. Because not only is he going to tell you what you did, he's going to tell you what you were thinking is going to tell you because he knows the intent of your heart when you don't even know the intent. Because the Bible says the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things that you can even deceive yourself. I have looked in the eyes of people, been doing this now for a number of years, been pastoring now for almost 10 years, pastoring adults, pastored young people for five years, been involved in ministry uh, full-time for uh, 18 years, and... Been raised in ministry all my life. I've watched this happen. I've seen this play over and over again. I've watched somebody, you reach, you talk to them, you reach in their heart, you know what's going on, and they sit there and they flat out don't see it. Because they have convinced themselves that they're okay. They've convinced themselves it was somebody else's problem, it was somebody else's fault. Mother Owens, you've seen people leave the church deceived. And you look in their eyes and you beg them and you say, listen, this is what's going on. And they just say, no, 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 that's not it. You're wrong. So the idea that I can self-govern myself. I said this last Sunday night. I was preaching last Sunday night. And and forgive me for for going back there, but just give me two seconds to go back there and preach for five seconds what I preached. The Bible says in Luke that there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Naaman, but only Naaman was cleansed. Only Naaman was healed. And I asked the question last, last week, what made Naaman different? The Bible says there were many. That word many means there was great Great multitudes of lepers in Israel at the time of Naaman, but Jesus said only Naaman was cleansed. And I asked the question, what made Naaman different? And when you go back and you read the story of Naaman, Naaman is this great man. I mean, this guy has got it all, but he got leprosy, and he's searching for an answer, and he hears about a prophet who God uses to heal. He shows up at the prophet and the prophet doesn't even come out to greet and the prophet sends out the servant and the prophet tells him, listen, go into the Jordan, dip seven times and you'll be healed. And the Bible says that Naaman walked away angry. He was just told what he would do. If you were dying stage four cancer, I told you to go down into the Chesapeake Bay and dip seven times. How many of you would argue with me? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in humanity. If you, if if I was some kind of messenger from God and I said to you seven times, it's guaranteed. Would you be, I, I know some of you enjoy it, but I wouldn't, I don't, the Chesapeake Bay. I've heard too many things. It's stuff floating in that water. <laughs> I know some of you water people like it and go down to Sandy Point, whatever. You do that. When you get some kind of flesh eating bacteria, we'll pray for you. <laughs> Lord knows, that water just don't look good. It tastes, uh, tastes, it tastes good, yes. But even that, you know what? If I've got nowhere to go, and you tell me that's my answer, I'm going. Let's go. We're going. Woo. right, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be back. Put the microphone down. I'll be back. I won't even take my clothes off. Seven times, I'm going. But the Bible says Naaman got mad, walked away, angry. And he said, "Are you kidding me? This is basically what he said. I'm giving you the today's version." He walked away and said, "Are you really give, are you really serious?" He's telling me to go dip in the dirty Jordan, and why didn't he tell me to go dip in our clean rivers? Why is he going to tell him to go dip in these dirty rivers?" And he was going to stay sick. But the Bible says that his servant came to him and basically his servant said and again this is my version of the story he says are you stupid? I don't know what the word stupid is in Hebrew (laughs) close close enough (laughs) he said basically are you stupid? what are you thinking? you're going to stay mad and die And let your will and your stubbornness kill you when all the man told you to do was go down and dip seven times and you'd be healed. And the Bible says, guess what? He goes down, he dips seven times, he was healed. And I preached about last week, last Sunday night, what made Naaman, Naaman so different. And the thing that made Naaman so different was he had somebody in his life that was willing to tell him the truth. He had somebody in his life that was willing to tell him, you're wrong and you need to change. And if you change, God would do something. And he didn't surround himself with people. You want to know where you're going? Anybody want to know your future? Seriously. I'm not saying that's like a crystal ball. You want to know your future? See who you're hanging with. Because who you're hanging with is going to determine where you're going. Because whoever's bus you're riding, that's where you're going. You want to see your future? Look at your friends. That's a whole message for a whole nother day. And we all need somebody. We all. We all. I need. You need. Every person in here needs somebody in their life that's willing to tell them, listen, you're wrong. Your attitude's wrong. And you need to get this straight. I need somebody that's an enemy to my weaknesses. I need somebody that's an enemy to my weaknesses. I need somebody that's not going to pat me on the back when I'm mad and say, you know what? God's so big and mean and God's so me- That big mean God picking on somebody like you. I need somebody to say, listen, your attitude is wrong. Your spirit is sideways. You need to... Fall on your face, repent, because he's the last person you need to be angry with. I don't need somebody when I get crossways with somebody at the church. I don't need somebody that will say, you know what? They are that church just full of a bunch of hypocrites. That church is full with a bunch of just people. There's no love. You know what? You're right. You know what? You stay home. and Don't go there to people. I don't need somebody like that. That's not helping me. I need somebody that says, listen, I know what they did was wrong. I know what they did hurt you. But you can't let what they did keep you from getting to Jesus. What made Naaman different? Naaman had somebody in his life. You need somebody in your life that can be the voice. Because we can't self-govern ourselves. And we're going to stand in judgment. You're going to stand in judgment. I'm going to stand in judgment and have to give an account for my life. And I'm like, this is not biblical. I'm just, it's my take on it, okay? It's not biblical. But if you see what I have here right now. what everyone would recognize as a set of blueprints. And you can take these blueprints, and if you know how to read them, you can build something out of nothing by simply following the blueprint. And the back of the blueprints tell you what the finished product is going to look like if you follow the blueprints. And if you just look at the picture and try to build what's on the picture more than likely you're going to miss something in the process. Because there's things on the blueprints that detail things that are not seen in the finished product. Here's what I believe. I'm not saying this exactly but just within the context. So don't walk out of here bent sideways thinking I've lost my mind. Just just, just take a breath and go with me okay but when the bible says you're going to stand before judgment and give account here's what i believe that i'm going to stand before god in judgment i'm going to stand there he's going to say okay next up joel Wright." it's kind of like the dmv i'm here i'm ready and he's going to look at me and say okay joel hold on one second uh Gabriel, uh, come here for a second. I need you to go get file number 34721111974-8. And Gabriel's going to come out and hand a a blueprint. And God's going to look at that blueprint. And he's going to lay it down and say, okay. Here's my blueprint. And he's going to ask me and say, okay, where's your blueprint? and I'm going to have to reach in my pocket and pull out my blueprint. And I'm going to have to lay my blueprint over his blueprint and see if they match. I'm going to have to see if my life matched with what he had for me. Or did I build something different did I build my own life, my own house? I don't like the way those windows are. You want a double window? I want a single window. I don't like the way the roof slopes there. Can we just change it? Just, a, It's not a big deal. What's the big deal? It's just a roof. Come on, God. You want the roof like this, but I want it like that. Come on, God. I want the bedroom over here. Is it really a big deal? You want a narrow door. I like a wider door. It's more inviting what's the big deal a change in all of it god it's still a house i'm building i'm building a house i'm building i'm building a house you asked you wanted a house bill here's a house if i made some changes based off what i thought was better why are you upset god it's a house and he'll look at me and go but it wasn't my house it was your house Wait a minute, God! It was, but I I built something. Yes, but you built your thing your way. But 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 Lord, I, I I got some of your stuff. Look 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 look. See how that slopes over there? That's what you wanted. Look, isn't it nice how it was? And I put the fireplace over there because that's what you like. And, and I got the kitchen laid out over here. That's what you wanted. But so I changed some stuff over here because because really I know you know you. you you know, you know that you know that Bible stuff. It wasn't that big. Come on, I mean, really, Lord, you expect me to follow all that stuff? I mean, come on, it would. You know, I had a hard life. Well, oh, I mean, come on. Okay, you know, really. Okay, God, you know, I mean, did you really want me to follow all this stuff? Really? That's a little harsh, God. You know, I got. I mean, come on. I had things to do. I had places to go. People to see. I had a difficult life. You know. I mean, cut me some slack. I, I, I mean. Hey, I'm here, okay? Is that good enough? I, 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 I built something so it wasn't perfect. Who's perfect? So it wasn't exactly what you wanted, but I mean, come on. Listen, you know I tried my best. Come on, get me, come on. You know I tried my best sure could i've done better yeah i could have done better but you know lord you know that person that sat next to me in church all the time i know they were they were messed up i wasn't even near what they were i mean come on i mean lord do you know what they did on friday and saturday nights i'm home I'm home just, you know, with my family. They're out there Friday, Saturday night. They come into church acting like they love Jesus and I know how they live. hmm I know it. So, I mean, come on, you, you, you know, you, you get them, leave me alone. I was here. But what you don't know is that person that was doing what you considered the things that disqualified them, The Bible says you have a choice. You can send your sins before you to judgment or you can bring them with you. And you know what? There are going to be some of us that walk in there with our excuses with us. But there's going to be some of us that when he lays down the blueprint, And it says, where's your blueprint? I'm going to pull out a blueprint. But guess what my blueprint's going to look like? It's going to be blank. Because my blueprint is going to have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And he said, when you wash in the blood, you'll come out white as snow. I'm going to walk in there with a blueprint, but it's not going to be anything. And I'm going to lay my blueprint down and say, Lord it's a blank sheet of paper because i messed up but your blood washed it all away and he's gonna sit back and say yes it's taken care of hey are you gonna are you gonna take your blueprint with you when you go and take your chances It's not about mistakes or not mistakes. It's not about saying, you know what? All right, uh, I'm picking on you today because you're up and just, hey, how much did you send this week? Like on a one to 10? Like a nine? Good, I can, ooh, I can be an eight, at least an eight. Hey, how many cuss words did you say this week? 17? I got 16 at least. I can get at least 16. As long as I'm not the worst sinner in the place, I'll be okay. You laugh, but that's exactly the way we think. You know, as as long as I'm not the worst, I may not be the best, but as long as I'm not the worst, I'll be okay. But you don't realize That person you're comparing yourself to that you think is so hypocritical you don't know every night they're getting down on their knees and tears are flowing out of their eyes and they're saying Jesus I did it again today I tried but it fell short but I'm asking you one more time let your blood flow over my heart let your blood flow over my life let your blood forgive me Lord every sin every thought every deed I'm asking you Lord forgive me and cleanse me and they get back up again the next day and they may need it again the next. And they may need it on Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and they may walk in here, and they may have had a messed up week, but they can lift their hands and say, grace, grace, God's your grace and mercy have brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. And you can walk in here and say, well, look, I didn't really do anything this week. I went to, I went to work, came home. I didn't cut anybody off in traffic. Look at me, how good I am. And you know what? You're going to walk to the judgment seat and say, look what I built, Jesus. Was this okay? I don't know about you. I'm just saying, Jesus, erase me. Just get that eraser out erase erase because you know what the Bible says there's none good no not one I don't want there to be one nail one screw one shingle one doorpost one window one piece of trim that's out of place because I thought I could do it better but I want everything that I've done every choice that I made I want all of that washed in the blood of the Lamb because coming a day. When I'm gonna stand there and I'm gonna say, he's gonna say, Joe, give the account of your life. I'm gonna say, Well Lord, I'm here, but you know, I, I did I did this. You did what? Well, you know, Lord, I, I did that. You did what? Well, you know, Lord, remember that back then, and I did this, and I, I, I did that, and I, and I went there, and I did that, and I said that, and I, I participated in that. I'm not following you. Where are you going? Well, you, Lord, you remember, Lord, I I did. I was. It was terrible. I was. mm, I'm not remembering any of that. What do you? Can you? uh, 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 hold on. Tell it one more time. Where? You know, Lord, you remember? I mean, come on. It was just. It was. It was there. And did that. Uh, I, I'm looking at my records, and and I don't see anything in my records that that say any any of that took place. In fact, I'm looking at your record, and and there's really nothing even here in your record that even says. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. There's nothing even in your record that says anything. In fact, I, I'm, I'm 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 looking at all the. Oh, i let's see, July 10th, 2016. Oh, that's blank. July 11th, uh, that's blank. Oh, let, let's go back. Uh, let's see, uh, June 4th, 1984. Oh, that's blank too. I, I I don't know what to tell you, but there's nothing really to even discuss. Mm. There's nothing there. There's there's nothing. And you know what I'm gonna do? I don't know about you. But you know what I'm gonna do? The Bible says I'm gonna take my crown off. I'm gonna throw it at his feet because they said I didn't get here because of what I did, but I got here because of what you did. And I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna walk over to the pearly gate. But I'm gonna say, okay. Jesus, are we done here? Are we done? Yes. Here's my crown. Yes! Why? Because I know I didn't get there because I was good. But I got there because he was good. So are you going to go with a blank book or a full book? Stand before and you give an account of your life. What's his book gonna say? Is it gonna read every line, every thought, every action, or is it gonna be just empty page after empty page after empty page after empty page? You and I choose, and you know what. Guess what? There's nowhere in the Bible, I'm done. There's nowhere in the Bible does it say anything about finding forgiveness at the judgment seat. Well, Lord, I was going to ask you to forgive me, but I didn't have time. I had, I had to go there and then I wasn't there. But, oh, Lord, forgive me now. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I, knew, I know you can forgive me, forgive me. There's not one place in the Bible we find, Brother well, John, you're a scholar. There's nowhere in the Bible we find forgiveness at the judgment seat. As the tree falls, so shall lies. The time to get forgiven is not there. Oh, I'm sure the greatest prayer meetings that will ever take place will be at the judgment seat. I'm telling you, you want to hear some people praying, Woo! You want to hear some scripture quoting. But that's not the time. You know when the time? Right now. Now. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Well, you know what? Listen, look, I I just want to, I, I got to get one more week of living my life out of the way. And then next week I'm going to, I'll do it. You know, it's like you can never start a diet on, a, on, a, on, a, on any other day but Monday. I'm going to start eating better next Monday, and it's Tuesday. So I've got six more days to eat, whatever you want. But you know Monday's coming. It doesn't matter. If it's Monday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I can't start today. I've got to start next Monday. Because if you don't start a diet when you get up on Monday morning, it doesn't count. So we put this up. You know, we get it. I got 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 it. No. Are you going to ask for forgiveness then or ask forgiveness now? Because the Bible says, if you confess your sins now, he'll hear you. But when you confess your sins then? So my question is, how are you going to stand in judgment? With an empty book or a full book? Notice, I'm not asking for you to be a perfect person. I'm not saying. Are you going to be a good person from now on? Are you going to be. Cross all your T's and dot all your I's. Are you going to be a good little Christian? That's not what this is about. The fact of the matter is how are you going to live your life. Are you going to live your life. Doing your own way. And hopefully by the end. You can say a little prayer. And sneak in there. I know this is. Not something to joke about. But Every day. We, as Americans, get up, folks. We walk out of our door. We're taking our life in our own hand. Hello? Right. It was very sobering to turn on the news and look at the bombing in Turkey at the airport. And I could was my wife, and I was showing her. I stood there. I walked there. I was there. This is where I stood. I walked across the street there. See where that people are running? I was right. Run- I'd been in an airport four times and I stood at the exact spot where all those people were getting shot and killed and blown up. And I told my wife, you see that bridge? I stood there. You realize, that's the world we live in. That's the reality of it. And you mean to tell me some guy walks into the, to the mall with a vest? and a trigger in his hand, you're going to say, hold on, stop real quick. I got to repent before you do that. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm trying to talk about the reality. You think you're going to get it all out then? Don't pull the trigger yet. I got to repent. Now, Lord, I did this. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Okay, go ahead. You really think that's the way it's going to be? Guys driving down the road, Ritchie Highway, minding his own business, on his way to work, 7.15 in the morning, going right past the church, right as he goes up the hill, guess what? Tree falls out of nowhere, right on top of his car. I don't know if he lived or died. We know if he lived or died. He's, living. He's lived. They had a fly him shock trauma. Driving down the road, didn't do anything wrong. Tree, wait. Are you going to tell the tree, stop? I got to repent. Don't fall on me. I got to repent. Are you going to take every opportunity you have? Whether it's right now, whether it's tomorrow, whatever it is, every opportunity and say, God, forgive me, cleanse me, cleanse wash me. Wash me. You say, me. say, what if I, what if I messed up tomorrow? Do it again tomorrow, but don't put off tomorrow's yes. forgiveness. Waiting. Now. Hallelujah. Can we bow our heads right where you are? Somebody in this room needs to talk to Jesus today. Hallelujah. I'm not asking you to promise him anything. Don't sit there and pray and say, God, I promise I'm going to do better. I... No, 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 no. That's not what this is about. It's not promising about change of behavior. It's the acknowledgement that you can never be good enough. This is not an acknowledgment of behavior in order to change. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm a bad person. Okay, spank me and send me to my room and I'll be better. That's not what this is about. This is an acknowledgment that I'm never, ever, ever going to be able to do it good enough, but I need His blood in my life. Somebody needs to pray right now. Somebody needs to pray and say, Lord, forgive me. Somebody needs to ask for forgiveness right now somebody needs to pray and ask the Lord to forgive you somebody needs to close your eyes and you and Jesus you need to ask for forgiveness some of you it's been a long time since you confessed yourself to him oh don't take take those sins with you to judgment don't take those with you to judgment send them before you don't go to judgment with a full book go there with an empty book And it starts today. Let the Holy Ghost take out an eraser and begin to erase it with the power of the blood. Come on right now, where you're sitting. Can you do that? I don't care if you did it last night. Do it again. I don't care if you do it every day of the week. Do it today. Somebody needs to call out to God. Somebody needs to cry out to God. Oh, Let forgiveness be in this place right now, Holy Ghost. Let your blood flow in this place right now. Let your forgiveness flow in this place. Come on. That's it. Come on. That's it. oh, Come on. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you somebody, somehow wrong all have sinned it just makes you human that's why his blood was shed because of your humanity for your frailty and he's given you the opportunity to seek forgiveness can you do that right now come on somebody needs to pray not just a two second token prayer but somebody needs to pray say Lord forgive me forgive me wash me cleanse me Come on. Maybe you even need to say something specific today. Maybe you even need to say specifically, Lord. Oh, forgive me for you fill in the blank. Come on, that's it come on that's it come on if you're not praying for yourself I'm asking you to reach over pray for somebody if you're not praying for yourself reach over pray for somebody come on God's trying to do something in this place right now God's trying to help somebody oh don't leave here today don't leave here today with your sins but let your sins be washed in the blood Let your sins be washed in the blood. Let your sins be washed in the, in the blood. In the blood, in the blood, in the blood, in the blood, in the blood. Oh. Come on, it doesn't, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. It's simple. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. It's simple. It's not detailed. God's not asking you to share every deep dark secret he already knows he just wants you to be able to be honest with yourself and confess your humanity oh, the blood will it wash you?